this is Julie at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 254 of Dogcast Radio, which you can find at dogcastradio.com. Today, I'll be talking to a man who's bringing great change to the dog world and the world in general. Now it's opportunity to saving the uh, ocean, the one harness at the time. What more could you ask for? That's Tony Kotu, and we'll hear more from him later. But first, would you like to learn the secrets of great recall whistle training? And more. Of course you would. And to tell you, here's Gemma Milne, founder of Mill and Mutt Dog Training. I've watched Gemma's videos on Instagram, and she gives brilliant advice. Gemma, as all good dog trainers are, is all about positive methods. And, smooth segue here... I found chatting with her a positive experience. I seriously did. I know I mention positive methods a lot, but it is an important issue. So my first question to Gemma was to remind us all why positive methods are so good. It's, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. I think, obviously, um, with positive training, we're looking at the dog as an individual and trying to work out what what motivates the dog. And also, in terms of, like, behaviour... We want to get the best from the dog in that situation. And I think the problem with um, going the other way, like with the kind of balance type training and everything else, we're looking at mostly kind of occasional quick fixes, which suppress behaviors and doesn't dive straight into like the problem solving. And so in terms of the positive world, I love it because it, it keeps your relationship strong. It it strengthens all relationships and you're using, you know, you're being kind, you're being ethical. And it's, it's, you know, for me, it's a no brainer with, with dogs and training. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it must feel much better from the dog's point of view. Cause I always think like, for example, I, you know, I have, I freak out with bees and wasps. Okay. Okay. Now, I, I could, if someone shouted at me and did horrible things to me, I probably could sort of hold it in and hold it in and just think, I'm going to sit here and wait. But I would be so miserable and stressed and I would hate the person that made me do that. And so it would probably work, but it wouldn't, as you say, it wouldn't build a good relationship between me and the person, would it? Yeah, 100%. And actually, I saw that yesterday. I had a new client who had a previous trainer four years ago when the dog mm. was a puppy who used, you know, rattle cans? Yes, yeah. So um, for anyone listening, a rattle can is literally a, a can filled with pebbles or coins that you would throw near the dog if the dog was doing something you didn't like. And now fast forward four years, this dog has some behavioural problems, which, you know, you could really put that down to the fallout of having mm-hmm. had that negative association around certain behaviours as a, as a tiny puppy. And those behaviours, you know, that's lasted a long time. So now... Sometimes as a as a positive only trainer, you're having to come in, help that dog and just rebuild relationships or and sometimes that can be really hard when you're up against other trainers who are using these methods and quick fixes. And it's all over the TV as well. So yes, it doesn't help, does it? It doesn't help, no. no. But there's so many of us good positive force free trainers out there that, you know, if we can keep spreading the word, the word of that, then we're going to be seeing more happy dogs and owners. I, I hope. Yeah, I, I hope so as well. Because, like I say, with with Buddy and Star, our previous dogs, we were positive. Yeah. We, but we've learned as you do as you go along, and we've been even more positive with mischief. 
who we've got now. So for example, I just put, used to put 10 treats or 20 treats, whatever, in my pocket. And every time I saw her doing something good, just drop a treat. You know, yeah. and things like that. And we've all been really, really positive. And, and she is the most willing dog. There are four of us in the house. She will do anything for anybody. Because yeah. she only expects good things. Not that Buddy and Star have expected bad, but we weren't quite, we didn't know as much then. And yeah. I, I can see it. I can see it. And she's so happy and confident. And that's why we have a dog, isn't it? To make them happy and be part of the family and have a good relationship with them. And it's, it's just, that's what we want. Having said that, let's just revisit that word that you said, the balanced word. Because when I first came across balanced training, I had to phone a, a trainer that I, a behaviorist that I trust and say, can I just check with you this balanced business? It's not good, is it? And she said, no, 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 it's not. So because, you know, a balanced diet, that's great. You know, we, it sounds good. Yeah. But balance. Well, you explain what what does balanced training really mean? Well, in terms of balanced trainers, the majority of balanced trainers, I think, out there are using mainly positive reinforcement with like minimal aversion. So like minimal corrections or punishment. But they do use that. So and that's mm. what gets my back up, because my job really is to um, help people understand their dog better and help uh make behaviors better for you know for the dog and for them and a lot of the time with balanced training again like I said earlier rather than kind of fact finding and problem solving to that for that particular dog in case sometimes those quick fixes little corrections are put in place which does you know fix the problem it puts the plaster on top of it but it doesn't actually help solve the problem and Mm. so in terms of the balanced training it's such a you know and it's such a topic that you know you've got people there's just so many methods out there and it's a a minefield for owners because Mm. they don't know where to go and there's so much information out there but in terms of the balance stuff yeah they they will use some corrections yeah yeah I I just think if if you if you encounter a method that you're not happy with move on the first training we went to was seemed a really nice guy and you know but then he said and buddy my was a labrador and he was like only a few weeks old and this guy saying if your dog's going to come out of the crate and you don't want him to come out just shut the door on her face i was like oh my goodness shut the door on my baby's face and you're like no so we moved on and you know if you didn't if but the thing is if you don't know any better you don't know you you no. do what you're being you're paying someone for advice so you do take that advice and you mm-hmm. would implement it without really thinking about the fallout from doing that yeah so I don't that, that when I when I start working with clients who have had a different trainer of different methods I never judge because I oh, you yes, know yes. I'm never like oh well you shouldn't have done that because actually they didn't know any better no, no. and ultimately they thought they were paying a professional to help so It's just about, um, and I think with my job, it's like we can train, but we can also do a lot of management. And I think that's the important part of like dog training with, you know, helping improve behaviours, a lot of management plus training. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really, really important point to make actually, because you only know as you go along and learn and pick things up. But that's why, you know, I love speaking to positive role models and putting this good um, practice out there and, and. And doing it, as you say, gently, not in a sort of finger wagging, you know, angry way, but in a, hey, have a look at this. Have a think about this. Is this a good fit? You know, and the first time people encounter an idea, 
they might think, oh, that's not for me. The first time I heard about crates, I was like, oh, I don't think so. And then I actually looked at it and thought, no, it's a den animal. And, and, and we introduced ours to their crates in a positive way and they loved them. And it was a place yeah. of safety. So, you know, but it's just about, as you say, having the conversation, engaging. And basically the science shows us this is good for our dogs so yeah absolutely and reinforcement drives behavior so i think a lot of the time people worry that re, you know positive only trainers are just snack snack feeders constantly using treats but the dog chooses what reinforces them and the dog chooses the motivation so like if one dog loved play more that's what we work with so it's really you know thinking about like you said earlier you're starting to reward more you're getting the behavior again so what you reward gets repeated so yes. yeah yeah absolutely positive and, you know, once they've learned the behaviour, you don't have to treat every single time forever, do you? You know, No, but it's about maintaining, though. So it's the same as, like, if you went, to the, if you were training, like, for a marathon, you know, you and you've done the marathon, but then you want to keep going, you have to maintain that. You, yes. So it's, with you know, with the treats and all that stuff, you would maybe just change how often you'd avoid. Mm. Maybe you just change, you know, so it's changing your criteria. Yes. Never phasing them out completely. And always, it's one of, it's a question I get asked a lot. When do we stop treating? And I'm like, never. Yeah. And I mean that because why? The, yeah. You know, to keep the behavior strong, you have to reward with yeah. whatever food, toy, praise, play. Yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't stop getting a salary at 40 and carry on working to 60, would you? <laughs> you no. Know? Let's, let's be honest. Who would do that? And that's, I mean, that is a good analogy. I, I do use that one a lot, which. It does help, but you can see some people really struggle to keep rewarding the dog. And you're like, yeah. please, please give them a treat. How good they're being. Yeah. yeah. It's like, when when can we stop saying please and thank you? Well, yeah. we just keep saying, you know, it's, it's good manners. We just keep saying it. Yeah. So I saw one of your videos and it just was, I was like, this is brilliant. And, and you explained the um, how to implement this is whistle training. Yeah. whistle recall so let's get to that because that's what we were to talk about uh, and then some other things about uh, going on a walk but so whistle training tell us about how do we use whistle training okay so I like to teach my clients a whole variety of things for recall but one thing I try and get everyone to do is a whistle recall because there's I mean there's so many reasons for it but the whistle will always sound the same your voice will change if your dog has rolled in fox poo and you've shouted on them five times and they're not coming back. You're going to probably get a little bit agitated and your yeah. voice, the emotion's going to change. But the whistle, because it cannot change its sound, will always be happy to your dog. So there's that. That's a really great reason for it. The other good reason for a whistle recall is that it's nice and loud. So if you're calling your dog from a big distance, your voice will not always carry, depending on the weather, how far they've gone. Again, the tone of your voice may tell the dog maybe not to come back. So <laughs> yes. another good reason for the whistle is it's nice and loud, it's clear, and it will catch your dog's attention. Um, and it is definitely a, a, a thing you can add to your toolkit. Literally wear it around your neck, make sure you've got it, pop it on your keys so you've got it on your walk. Um, but in terms of getting your dog used to a whistle, um, there's, there's a lot of different varieties that you can buy. My personal favorite is an Acme whistle, which is a, there's different varieties of that whistle. But basically what you're going to do, you're going to buy your whistle. You would start with your dog at home, just in the kitchen or in the living room. So before you start, you need your whistle and you need high value treats. And high value treats is basically food that your dog's going to love. So for a whistle recall, I would pick anything between three and five pips. So you're going to do three to five short pips of your whistle. 
-hmm. and immediately feed your dog food. So at this point, you're only trying to help the dog understand the whistle means food. That's it. There's no behavior. There's no recall. So you're just literally conditioning that whistle to mean food. For I normally say do it at home a few times a day for about a week, week and a half, two weeks would be great. You can also do it with your dog's meal times. So blow, 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 feed your dog a meal. So your dog's like, whoa, the whistle means food. And that's amazing. And then once you've done that, we can start to look at little kind of exercises to build in the recall part of the whistle. Mm. So in terms of that, in terms of conditioning the whistle to mean food, all we're trying to do is get that whistle, the pathway to the brain to mean whistle means food. Yeah. Because obviously the whistle before that just meant nothing to the dog. Mm. And then we're just conditioning it to mean good stuff. Yeah. And that's really important to, to say, isn't it? Because the whistle on its own, if you just blow the whistle, your dog might respond to it, but it doesn't actually mean anything. You have to give it context, don't you? Yeah, you've got to build that. And I, and I always say to my clients, don't cheat this like Mm -hmm. stick with the the kind of program of doing the whistle because a lot of people go, yeah, I've got the whistle here. Then they blow it. The dog might respond because it's quite an interesting sound, but there's then not often much to back it up. And then that, the whistle just starts to mean nothing again. So yeah, it is important that they do the steps to condition the whistle, the whistle to mean food. Um, And then what you're looking at is building in like really small recalls. I always say you you tr- you you don't want the dog to fail this. Yes. So you you have to set the dog the dog up to be successful when you're starting to work on the recall part of the whistle. So games that I would recommend that people play, you could um if you've been using the whistle for your dog's food, you could have somebody hold the dog in one one end of the room. You're going to have their food bowl in your hand. You blow the whistle, the person lets go of the dog, they run to you, you give them their food. So it's a little mini recall. Or you pop, if your dog's got a really good sit-stay, you could pop them in a sit-stay, blow your whistle, give them food. I would do quite a lot of games in the house because there's minimal distractions. They're not going to be distracted by scent of other dogs or the weather or, you know, anything else. Um, so you, in terms of home, you can play games where, again, you could hide in a different room, blow the whistle, the dog runs and finds you, and it's still you still continue to reward. It's like jackpot rewards. Yes, yeah. The, the event of the whistle needs to be memorable for the dog. You don't want it to just be, oh, here's a piece of kibble. I'm talking like gourmet buffet, like chicken, hot dog, cheese, anything that your dog loves. Um so you're going to build this up at home and other games that I would start to introduce at home. I've got one that I called bungee recall. Hmm. So if you imagine you're stood in the middle of the room, I'm trying, I'm trying to picture this as, I, as I'm saying it. So yeah, you can, me too. <laughs> so you're stood in the middle of the room. You've got, you've got a bowl of good treats, mm-hmm. whistles in your mouth. You're going to take one treat and throw it out to the right, the right of you. So it lands to the right. The dog runs to eat it. Second, they eat it. You blow your recall whistle. They turn around quickly, run to you. You feed back at you, and then you throw another treat to the left. So imagine this little ping pong effect. You're using a treat to get the dog to move away from you, to give you a chance to recall them with the whistle. They run to you, you reward. So it's a really kind of simple game just to get your dog away, recall them, and feed back at you. So again, these are games that I would do in the house. But then when you take this outside, it's really about setting your dog up to be successful. So you you can't go out and just use it straight away to get no. your dog to stop playing you'd have to build in the little distractions when you know your dog is understanding and getting it yes yeah 
which so is you, quite you, hard. Well, yes, yeah. I mean, training in the situation that you wanted to work in is great, but you've got to build up to that. So as soon as you go into the garden, there's going to be different smells, aren't there, from the house? Yeah. So you really go gradually. Um, it's like saying, you know, you wouldn't take your child to Disney World and then say, come on, come on, come and do this maths with me. Come on. You, you wouldn't yeah. do it, would you? Yeah. yeah. And I always say that the other analogy that I always say, and I've heard it from a few people, is your first driving lesson isn't on the M25. Yes. Yeah. And it's the same with any type of training with the dog. Like you you want to be able to. So I would say if for some for some people, you can train in the house and in the garden. Great. You've got success. Sometimes the jump from the garden to the park is way too much. So I always say, why don't you find a quiet car park? Industrial estate car parks are great to have to do training. You can pop the dog on a long line, hold the long line and just practice recall because, again, not as many distractions. Yes. So you can layer the kind of training when you know when it's going well but at the same time with that you do want to keep working on the high value rewards for that yes so you know chicken in the house might work but you might need something a little bit more exotic if you're working in the park yeah yeah Um, and it's it's interesting what they think is a high high reward because you know what's high value for them because I remember with Buddy thinking all right I mean I'm vegetarian I thought okay he's gonna like sausage I'll try sausage and I got some sausage got it I put it in the bag and I I was like but I did use it but he preferred cheese cheese was what he was like oh 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 and sausage was like yeah yeah okay I'll eat it thanks but you know so cheese I don't know whether it was a smell or whether I chose the wrong sausages but yeah cheese was his his go-to drug kind of thing yeah, and you can create I you can create a taster board for your dog hmm. to get an idea of what your dog likes. So you could give your you could get maybe 10 different treats that you can use as a reward. You could then pop them on a chopping board or anything you don't mind your dog eating off of, and you make a note of what your dog goes to and what they never touch. Yeah. Because we and it's this I've said this earlier, but we hope that we've brought out the right thing to reward the dog. But if it's not increasing that, if that behavior is not getting better, then actually what we've got isn't working. So really starting to play around with the value of the food that you're giving your dog for rewarding them. But the other side is if the dog doesn't love food, you have to have something else to reward them with. So you could pair the whistle with play. Yeah. But then I would make sure that the the play that you're doing after the whistle is something amazing, like a really amazing tug that only comes out for that game, that whistle. Um, It's not impossible to do, but it just sometimes using toys to reward can take just a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. But the the toy out the dog's mouth and, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it is amazing. I remember turning up to um, agility lessons with Lee Gibson with Buddy and I'd, I'd, I'd just got my treat patch. And he said, have you got a tug toy? And I was like, well, no, but I've got my, tr- my treats. And he was like, well, we're going to need a tug toy. So actually what he did was he, we had like a rope, a soft rope lead. And he just used that with, with my agreement, obviously, as a tug toy. And he motivated Buddy to go round this, you know, to, to try the agility equipment with just playing tug with him. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And that was such a lesson to me. And I said to Lee afterwards, I, you know, I was 40 and he was like in his 20s at the time. And I was like, come on, then, sunshine, this is going to be good. And he did it. Obviously, he's yeah. you know, full of grace and, and he knows what he's doing. But um, and I was amazed that he got he motivated my dog, who I would have said was food fixated with toys. So it is yeah. worth trying out different things and, and letting them show you what motivates them, isn't it? 
Yes, 100%. But I always suggest play for a recall. Always reward recall with play, whether it's a whistle recall or just a verbal recall. Play is so powerful. Yeah. And more and I and I say I what I look for with that is like a good game of tug. Yes. I yeah. I like fetch is okay. Fetch has its you know there's pros and cons with the game of fetch. Yeah. But tug involves you because you're holding the other end. Yes. So I'm yeah. I'm a huge believer that we have a kind of like take a backpack out with you on a walk with different different toys different foods just because you you don't know what you're up against out there sometimes and you know it's just sometimes about not having the right thing for that dog that's in front of you at that moment yeah yeah so it's really important to play around with the things you can use for rewarding your dog yeah yeah but i mean this is an amazing method i remember we we tried it with buddy and I did what you do. I sort of charged the whistle, you know, made paired the whistle with with the the, the treat. Yeah, I can't remember. Maybe ten days, maybe two weeks. I can't remember. And and then we in the garden. He was just just messing about in the garden. I blew the whistle, and he was turned towards me and he, running. And his ears, I remember, his ears were flapping up and down as he was running. And the look on his face was just like, "Why am I doing this?" And he's <laughs> just, I was like, "Got you." <laughs> and did you maintain it? Was it something you then carried on with? To be fair, we didn't. I should have done that. We, we didn't actually, but, but it was just like a. I suppose really it was an experiment that I was. I'd heard about it, and I was like, "Well, I'll see if I can do it." And then yeah. I don't know. I can't. I honestly can't remember now whether I lost the whistle or or what happened. But it was just like, yeah, yeah we did it. But to be fair, we didn't. But um, I should have done. Well, no, it's just some people tend to use the whistle maybe as like an emergency recall. So it might be like kind of like that last resort type thing. Yeah. yeah. But if they are going to do that, it's still the same. Maintain it. So practice often. Yes. But it's not just used. Yeah. Um, I think we yeah. went, yeah, we went into other training, to be honest. And um, and it, um, things like um, for, for a display with the Safe and Sound team. We weren't great trainers by any, but great. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we just had a, a try. And it was environments where I maybe wouldn't or couldn't have used the whistle. Yeah. So we went more to that. And and to be honest, he he um he did have you know a very good recall. Star had a better one to be honest because again we had learned more by that point and yes. you know and and she had a better recall and mischiefs is, is very good. But it wasn't a problem. So in a way, you know, it wasn't a problem. So we, I didn't have to address it. But he, that that it was it just showed me that if you do that. Motiv- you know you you give the dog the right motivation it, yeah it, it does it, it's amazing it's like magic isn't it oh yeah it is like magic and it's yeah. so pleasing when it works yes yeah um the other good thing with the whistle you can use it as different cues so you could mm. even so you could do a stop whistle you know like an emergency stop yeah it's a really good one I teach it again to all my clients to do one pip of a whistle which means stop stay yeah. where you are so again the whistle has a lot of uses So um, I definitely recommend if people who are listening haven't tried this yet to go and give it a try. And if they have tried it and it's maybe not really worked 100 percent, you can revisit it. But you just want to make sure you go back to like the basics with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another thing, I guess, with the whistle is, you know, if somebody's looking after your dog for you or, or you've got a dog walk or anything like that, you can give them a whistle, can't you? And they can have the same tone, exactly the same sound as you use. Yeah, it's great. And actually, it would probably be handy if most dogs were whistle trained, because then when you've got a dog walker with, a you know, four dogs, they come running over. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely good for that, for that. Definitely. It's, it's an amazing, I think it's brilliant. And it's, again, I, I love the way you, you present it, because 
you know, people might think, well, if I just get a whistle and blow it, the dog will know. But again, they won't. You, but this method is is easy and so effective, isn't it? And so worth it because that whistle in situations could stop your dog getting into danger. Yeah. Again, and that's the thing with recall, we really want to have a, a pretty solid recall so that your dog just stays out of trouble. Yes. But also you don't have stressful walks. Yeah. Because a stressful walk, you know, the dog vibes off you and it's just not fun. So again, having that really bulletproof recall can be can be a lifesaver in lots yeah. of situations. Definitely, definitely. Having said that, yes, walks should be a source of pleasure, shouldn't they, for the dog and for you. It shouldn't be like a chore and oh no, I've got to go again and walk this dog. Go do a 50 minute drag around the around the rose while I've got my one eye on my phone and things like that. And I that, I think that's so sad. And it's not I mean, I guess I did actually think this before I lost Buddy but it's when you've lost a dog and you think all of those times when it did feel like a chore you know I shouldn't have ever have thought that it was it was a a privilege it was an opportunity and it was quality time and I should have treated it you know at least nine times out of ten I should have treated it like that um and and I hate to see and life is hectic and again this isn't in a judgmental way you know we have a lot of things to fit in but I just think it's sad when you see somebody nose on the phone dog's walking along dog tries to stop and have a sniff or a pee or a poo and they just get dragged along oh oh yeah that's so sad for both of them yes um yeah you're right it's it's and to be honest it's one of the few moments you have with your dog that Mm -hmm. you you've 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 made the the point of going for that walk um, and I try, uh, it, it depends what, you know, depends on what you want to get out of from your dog. I love using my walk as an opportunity to do some fun things with Luna to yeah. keep her, to keep her busy with me because, you know, the environment is pulling your dog in every direction because they're going to self reward by going for a smile over there, finding a dog to play with. And if you don't have a lot of value at you because you don't do anything with your dog on a walk, there's not a good chance that when you recall them, they're going to be that interested. Yeah, yeah. You have to be the most interesting thing, don't you? I mean, having said that, t- tell me a little bit about Luna. Um, So Luna is, she's a beagle. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like for anyone listening, and I get it a lot as comments, people going, oh, you've got a beagle off lead. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> right, I'm <laughs> you there. <laughs> I know. Um, people always say, oh, you've got a beagle off lead, but I just put so much time into it because I knew, obviously, beagles have a good sense of smell. Yeah. I do a lot of scent work with Luna. So I take a lot of like scented things out with me on walks and get her searching for them, which fulfills a lot of that for her. But yeah, I've just, I've built her recall up over the years just to make sure she has fun with me, whether that's we play different games. Um, I get her jumping up on every log that we find that's lying down. She will automatically run and stand on it because she knows I'm going to tell her to go up on it because yes. that's the game we play. Um, so it's just about being fun and engaging with your dog rather than, like you say, walking with your head down on your phone. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. You, It's just a choice to go, OK, this is time that I'm going to watch the dog and I'm going to be ready to engage and I'm going to be playing and doing different things and, and just being a little bit unpredictable in what yes. I'm asking you know sh- change things up they, they, and they're all and then what's going on then you know it's 
yeah change things up try different parks go a different route outside your house as well we tend to always do the same thing and the dogs know where we're going give them new smells which is good enrichment for them so yeah always keep it fun and there's so many things you can do on a walk to to get the dog interested in you um and I always find that like and again it's one of those things if you don't know you don't know you know so some people that's just how they think that's what you need to do with the dog the dog should be out there to play with dogs or but actually it's kind of the opposite you do want them to be sociable with dogs but equally you want them to be like hanging out being like what we're doing next to you so I'm always about you know encouraging lots of play lots of different games hiding food practicing your training doing lots of training drills like you know so it's just about having fun yeah yeah you've got to be the source of all good things haven't you basically yeah 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 for a long especially if you've got a puppy you want to build that up but for an older dog as well you want to make sure that they're they're enjoying their walks and you're actually being a bit giving them some entertainment as well yeah yeah I, I mean can you tell us a couple of simple simple ideas for activities we can we can do yeah okay so if you've got a dog who say is toy driven yeah um rather than fetching the ball I love teaching dogs to search for things and hunt for things I think it's such a good outlet for them encourages them to use their nose which is very tiring so little games I would ideally say you've got two people on a walk with you Mm -hmm. I I would hold the dog by the harness and one of you, I would, I would let the dog see the ball or the, the toy, the tug toy, and I'd place it down on the grass and I would come back to the dog and I'd release them and be like, find it. And the dog just shoots off and gets it because they've seen you hide it. Yeah. It's not hard. You're building that up again. You're building it up. You're layering it. So the dog keep, you know, you, the next couple of goes, the dog still watches you hide it. And then you send the dog out. By that point, the dog's starting to go, this is quite fun. I wait here, you hide the toy and I go. I get to go search for it. So the next stage of that game would just be, again, hold the dog. I would then walk and hide the toy, but I would hide it in three other places hmm. that aren't really hiding it. Yeah. So the dog's a little bit like, oh, you've gone that way, but now you've gone that way, where could it be? And then you start to see them starting to hunt and search because yeah. at that point, they should be like, literally zigzagging the environment and sniffing and looking for it so just basic search games and you could use food if you don't have a dog that loves toys do you know dried sprats the fish oh right no no for anyone who who's never heard of sprats they're literally dried fish and they are really great for scent games with the dog because they're really stinky yeah um you could do simple things of again you find a log that's lying down you could have the dog someone holds the harness or the lead just hide a few sprats around the log up on the log under you know and just send the dog out to hunt just search for food and they're just little simple games that you it doesn't take you long it's five minutes of your walk and you move on yeah um so I would do a lot of that um also you know parkour when yes yeah yeah. so again using any objects to ask your dog to go around something jump up on something crawl under something yeah you could use poles to get them to like slalom this just just be imaginative out there like use what you've got in the park and and play with it yeah they they love finding i can remember 
it when um with with buddy and star and with rusty we used to um throw the i did have a flinger i'll put my hands up i had a flinger wouldn't have one oh, now well. but i know i know but again i didn't know i, I know i'm not judging I thought, <laughs> I, I thought i was doing the right thing because particularly with the the, the um collie i thought he needs to run and chase a ball now i would do things and i have to say even then I did shake things up and I would say, okay, sit now, watch the ball. And I, so it wasn't yeah. just fling, 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 fling. But anyway, so I'd throw the ball and Buddy particularly would be looking over here and I'd look at him and he'd go, where's the ball then? And I'd be, it's yeah. over there somewhere. And he would be like tail a wag, like, oh, I have to sniff it out. And Rusty as well would tail a wag, like, oh, I've got a sniff, I've got to find it. And Star couldn't be bothered. She'd be like, you threw it, you find it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> she would, actually, she would run, yeah, she'd run and go, it's here, but she'd never bring it back. Anyway, but the two who would retrieve, they were so happy when it was lost. And I was going, come on, find it, find it. And I'd be a bit irritated. They'd be like, oh, great, great, I've got to find it, I've got to find it. And they would love it. And that, again, really opened my eyes to, they're enjoying this. This is an yes. opportunity. This is fun for them. Yes. And that, just in terms of fetch, if anyone's listening who maybe is sitting there going, oh, why shouldn't we play fetch? Or yes. what's wrong with the ball chucker? Um, fetch is good. Obviously, it's a fun thing for dogs to do. But the problem comes when dogs do too much fetch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the the activity of like the what they're doing is like they're they're not they're standing still they chase they accelerate off they chase the ball they put the brakes on they twist the body they return to you so the kind of motion of that can be quite detrimental on the dog's joints and everything mm-hmm. but also i do find a lot of dogs become so obsessed with fetch that yes. they cannot do anything else so they they're they're jumping up at your pocket waiting for the ball and really that game just fills them with adrenaline all the time so like you just said getting them then to do the opposite of like running and fetching you're sending them out to search and sniff and find that ball and that for me is the better alternative to fetch like going to find something and retrieving it but it's slower it's it's promoting you know them using their nose you know they're visually looking for it as well so that's a much better thing to do with them in my opinion yeah yeah I think constantly I I wrote an article and and um it was fascinating but it really woke me up to the fact that playing that the the adrenaline starts going it's like chase 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 chase. I'm going to get something I'm going to get something so it's all those um you know the the instinct yeah Sorry, were you going to say endorphins or? I, no? I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of endorphins, but yes, endorphins, and you know the yeah. instincts to chase. But yeah. what do they get? You know, really, they they bring it back, they drop it, and you go, you're off again, and 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 more. And it's a bit like if you took me, for example, to the shops, and I could walk around and go, oh, that's great, I like that, I like, I can't buy anything. I can just look yeah. and get really excited about these things, and I might be able to get buy one thing, but I can, and I send because. I suppose because of lockdown I've, and I have I've sort of been out of things a bit. Um, and I walked around Sainsbury's the other day and I just suddenly saw everybody very much as we're all animals here out foraging and we're <laughs> fulfilling our instincts, you know? And yes. it, I, it's like that. But but we, we, and again, I do think shopping, I can really see how shopping, um, because I didn't do it for a long while with, with lockdown, how it was those foraging instincts that that make me feel so good they hit that spot of i've got this i've been a good provider i've been a good forager i've got this and you know it's those instincts and that's that's got us a bit off track but it's those instincts with the dog that we need to think about which ones are we harnessing don't we yeah and that's it so there's so many things that we can add into their daily structure to give them a chance to use their natural instincts and and 
provide an outlet for some of these natural behaviors that we tend to want to stop we yes. tend to want yeah. to not allow the dog to do that but actually giving the dog a chance to do that but in a way that you you know you construct it in a better way for the dog it still gives them a chance to do it but it's just not to your annoyance yes yeah absolutely yeah i mean i must admit i'm i um i've been looking at beagles recently because oh. um i'm thinking that i lost buddy in uh, 2018 and i would have i think i would have had another dog by now without um covid but um so I'm looking around now thinking, what kind of, what kind of uh, dog do I want? And I've been looking at beagles. And the one thing that made me think was, ooh, the nose with a beagle. That Would I be able to to get that recall as, exactly as you've said? Yes. But do you know what? I think anyone who has a dog, lo- scent work for me yeah. is my, my niche. That's my passion. I, would, I think all pet dogs should do scent work. But obviously having a dog, a beagle, who has a, a really good nose, it has been a game changer for me in terms of um giving her the outlet to 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 search and send something because yeah yeah so be you know that's the thing and again it's the same with like again it's like spaniels who need a job to do so go get them yes. hunting something retrievers receiving so for luna like using her nose i set it up it gives her a chance to do it without her running and chasing a fox or you know following a track yeah. somewhere really far away yeah yeah. Oh. So it's doable. Beagle recall is doable. <laughs> That's almost a tongue twister. Beagle recall is doable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should be a slogan on a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get some t-shirts made up and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll start selling them. <laughs> oh. Definitely. I think that's that's all great advice, and and you're right that um, walks should be as stress free as possible for us and our dogs, and also at that point for other dog owners and dogs because yeah. you know again hands up and tell the truth time. I have been in both positions. I've been initially the person with the dog that I'm standing there going, "Buddy, come back," and Buddy wasn't coming back. Equally, I've been the person then with a border collie who was very very obedient not very tolerant of dogs coming up and being in his face and then then the other person you know he's looking at me going i'm not gonna be able to stand too much more of this and i'm going call your dog back call your dog back and they they couldn't call the dog back so i've been on both ends of it but that recall it is it really is truly vital isn't it it is and it is it you know it just takes consistency it takes practice it takes dedication to training it but and it's not always easy so it's sometimes and dogs are dogs you might have a great recall one day the next day they're really interested in something else in the park but yeah recall is is vital because you want to make sure that everyone is happy in that park and your dog's not the one who's the pest who's chasing everyone but equally like you said your border collie wasn't super happy with a dog being in that in its space for too long mm. you could, you know the conflict starts then so yeah good recall dogs wanting to stay close to the owners is just a win-win yeah definitely definitely absolutely well there's no excuse now i'm going to go and get a whistle i've been making notes of really at me whistle right i've written that down and i've written dead sprats dead, no what, dried sprats <laughs> well, oh, they are dead. Dead as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh sprats are the best by the way caution yeah, yeah. sprats can give you splinters yeah little scales on the sprat just be careful with your hands oh, because wow. that splinter is really sore yeah, well, but it doesn't the dog can eat it okay yes yeah yeah 
they're really good sprats are great i love them obviously i don't i personally don't love them i love using them with dogs <laughs> yes I know. we'd have to what would we have to put for you like a some some chocolate as a treat for you to sniff out or some <laughs> a nice drink yeah just some gummy sweets bag of hardable be fine bless oh. <laughs> oh nice i think either chocolate for me or if i'm being good like a nice cappuccino or something that would be nice oh yeah good <laughs> yeah. coffee <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yes <laughs> definitely um we, I know we've covered a lot and I know there's a lot, lot more to, to cover in this, but is there anything else that you think we really need to have said that we haven't had time to yet? Well, while we spoke about recall and obviously that's the dog um, wanting to stay close and having fun, I, I also think there's a relationship between the dog's lead walking and recall. Hmm. So I think spend some time helping your dog find it fun to be walking next to you, near you with a nice relaxed lead. And I think that can help with your relationship when the dog is then let off the lead. Because I find a lot of dogs pull their owners to the park, then you want a good recall. But if you engage with your dog kind of the second you leave the house, the dog's already switched on to having a bit of fun with you. So I guess it comes for me hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Lead walking and recall. Yeah. Building a good relationship with them. Yeah. And I have to say as well, when, again, with Buddy... We, we, we would do, you know, your basic training and we, we'd go to classes and, and we did it. And, you know, he was, he was pretty, yeah, he was OK. I was OK as well. But we got an alley-oop, sort of like a target stick, but yeah. um, with a heavy base. And it, yeah. I, I saw it on uh, YouTube years ago and um, and just saw it. Like, wow, that looks fun. I want one. So we got one. And as I say, it's like a target stick, but on a heavy base. Um, and so we did stuff with that. And every time I got the alley-oop and the clicker out, he would be like, oh, full of enthusiasm. Oh, we're going to have fun now. When we were doing basic training, he wasn't so much like that. And I realised it was me because I was more excited. I was like, oh, this is going to be a trick. And really, I just wanted to show off with the alley, you know, <laughs> and that, that's what it came down to. But because that was going to be fun, that was my attitude. And so he picked up on that and he was like, yeah, the alley is fun. Mm, basic training, not so much. And I think that teaches, that taught me a lot about the dog will pick up on your attitude and 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 so you know when you go on the walk when you try and do this these things and like when I was talking about Lee Gibson with Buddy he was full of enthusiasm and energy in a way that I wasn't and I tried to to emulate that and you know had more had some success but I wouldn't have thought of that and it is they do hone in on our attitude don't they yeah they do and and it's that funny thing sometimes I'll go to sessions and we're there to do recall and the owner's like come and you're like, should we go any higher pitched? <laughs> I'm trying to. And then you've got some men like, come. And you're like, yes. And yes. the dog's like full on paying attention. But yeah, the dogs definitely pick up on us. But the most important thing I think for trainers to get across, and you, you know, if you're looking at stuff on YouTube, it's you you have to have fun with it as well. Yeah. So even if it's basic training, there's lots of ways that you can do it that you're just having a good time. Even if it's like you do five good repetitions of it rather than, you, everyone's got to feel good from it yeah. because then if you don't feel good you won't practice it yeah definitely you say the thing about the, the voice um I love it when you see I'm going to pick it on, on policeman but a, a working dog with a working and and, and a, a man or somebody with a lower voice and they're yeah. talking to the dog like, like this and then it's like this with the dog oh, <laughs> God, oh, you're so, and that's you know again the dog's like yeah yeah and they know they're being praised and they're having fun and it's and it's and and, and I think that's the thing that don't be afraid to make yourself look a bit foolish because the dog won't care and it will work yeah. it will help won't it I know I and it's the same in the park you just be a bit silly like just 
you know, the dog's going to be a lot more interested than just standing straight, hoping that body language is saying, come on over, because it kind of yeah. says the opposite. Yeah. It's hard. And, you know, it's not the easiest. It's sometimes it puts some people out of the comfort zone, but it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, that's been really interesting and really, I've really enjoyed it. Where can people find out more about you online? So you can look at my website, which is www.milninmuttdogtraining.co.uk. I'm also on all social medias, milninmuttdogtraining, Instagram. I even have a TikTok, which wow. I know I'm up to date with the kids. Um, so yeah, they, that's where you can find me. And I try and put a lot out on my Instagram with just easy to follow video tutorials because I know I want I want training to be accessible to anybody. Yeah. So just quick, quick little bits of help and tips are on there so you can find them. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you very much, Gemma, and um, see you online. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. There you go. If you want a good recall, you can whistle. Hang on, I think I read that wrong. Um, if you want a good recall, you can whistle. Thanks to Gemma for sharing all those ideas. To get more inspiration from Gemma and see her lovely beagle, Luna, check out her website and social media. And if you have success with whistle training, let me know. I'd love to see photos or videos and share with everyone else the joy of being a team with your dog. You're listening to Dogcast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. Tony Kotu is the founder of GoTo Sportswear and he's revolutionising the world in many ways. He's making dog collars, leads and harnesses from marine plastic, plastic taken out of our seas. He also has a game-changing initiative for identifying dogs. And he's not just passionate about dogs, he's passionate about the environment. Yes, we love dogs and, and everyone, of course. And uh, we make sustainable products for dog, uh, example, dog harnesses, collars, leads, bandanas. And those all those come from the recycled plastics litter. And that's the amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, where, when you, you say recycling plastic, where do you get the plastic from? Uh, they come to the ocean. We have a, a delighted collaboration that Marine Group, they call the Sequel Initiative from Spain. And today they have a transported more than 200 tons of marine litter into plastics and cleaning over 600 tons of waste for the world ocean. Mm. And that's that's a huge thing what they're doing. And uh, we can use that that uh, litters and, and 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 bottles and and uh, uh, fishing nets and, and what they have collected the ocean, so we can use that materials for our and make the new materials and make the new product for us. Yeah, that yeah. is the amazing amazing thing. So it is. We, yeah, 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 yeah. It is because obviously our oceans have a problem with all the plastic in them, and the only way we're going to get it out is if we pay to get it out. And the only way we're going to pay to get it out, if you think about it, is if we can get products from it that we then pay for. I mean, human nature being human nature. So this is brilliant because it it takes that horrible plastic that's just being a pain and messing everything up and turns it into something really useful, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, and um, 
we, as we know that uh, all those ocean is it's it's fully the plastic the bottle one and uh, uh, everybody has seen that in in the uh, in the TV and the social media those how how they birds and a sea turtles it's 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 crapping to to uh, fishing nets and now now we have an opportunity it's me an opportunity also the customers talks over right? buying that kind of products and, and materials which are collected away from that that uh, literacy in, in the ocean yeah yeah now i know you were in the finnish navy weren't you um and was it being in the navy that sort of gave you the passion to clean the oceans up yes and the seaman when, when i all uh, young guy about 18 years old we have we have a navy area we have uh, all the guys uh, must go to, to the navy in finland or the, the army and i have the navy and uh we have a, a huge catastrophe in baltic sea Uh, one oil tanker to crash the ocean and uh, uh, our navy have uh, uh, materials and the ship we can collect the, uh, the oil the way from the ocean and that would be the first things and the first time I see how vulnerable that sea is mm-hmm. if that all that oil is going to the, uh, the sea and, and as you see that the seabirds and fish and everything's in that oil and uh, this is the my first time I see that it's it's, it's how how vulnerable is that that sea is and uh, now I have an opportunity today I have an opportunity to take care of that ocean yeah yeah and I love that when somebody sees an opportunity And and says, yeah, I'm going to take the opportunity. I'm going to follow this idea through. I'm going to do this. It's amazing. Are your harnesses? I know you make harnesses and collars and leads, and you said bandanas. Mm-hmm. Um, are they made entirely from plastic from the seas? They have a hundred percent recycle, mm-hmm. and uh, we using that materials. Those those all those products include that marine plastics. Yeah. Yeah. Those those materials that we use, we, we use all our products. It's as you mentioned that those harnesses and, and leads and bandanas, all those materials that we use, it's recycled. And that recycled materials included that that marine plastic. And we call that the upcycle marine plastic. It's it's the name of that. That so it's already up cycle for that and uh, and uh, love that and and uh, end of this and uh, also our company's busy for that is we have the program for that and uh, our uh, vision that's it's a make a company with a zero waste company and that means the one thing is what we should do and thinking about that now uh, it's When the products come to end of the life, or dogs or do not anymore want to use that, they can they can send me and send it back to me to our company that 
example, that harnesses. And we gave the voucher if we want to buy something else for our, 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 our shop or something like that. So we don't want to those, our manufacturing products goes to, again, the ocean. And that would be the biggest thing what we want to do. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I, I really love that. When I, when I found that out, that you, you, you know, take the plastic out of the sea, you make these products, but then you don't want it to end up either in landfill or back in the sea, that you have those products back. Now, that is, that's an amazing, um, you know, a mission statement or, or, you know, that's an amazing thing for a company to do to say, yeah, we've spent this money, we've, we've saved these products. We'll have them back at the end of their life, and we, I, that's just yeah. that. Really, is that's genuine, isn't it? Yes, probably yes. And uh, and uh, of course, this is the recycle. One say uh, this is economic. What we have to do. So it's uh, it's our responsibility. Yes. In yeah. manufacturing, to think about what happened that products when this is coming to end of the life and now we have the program for that and i hope my honest hope that is uh, it's working and people wants to sending those back and uh, don't put in the trash or 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 something like that so yeah yeah if only every company were as responsible though we wouldn't be in in this mess would we mm. That, and that's amazing. But what do the, the colours need? What do they actually feel like? Because obviously I'm pr- picturing plastic, which is quite hard. And, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure I'd like that on my dog. So what do they actually feel like, Tony? Uh, good question, because it's plastic. I assume you know, plastic is hard and you say that it's the, the, if the bottle, if you touch the plug, example, the bottle. So it's, it's very hard. But in first time I get the, my first harnesses in my hand, I say, wow, this is the lightest uh, harnesses in the world. It's, 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 it's huge material. It's, it's lightweight and very, very soft. And people like that. And also the dogs like that. Yeah. Because if I put example to my dogs, it's uh, uh, Pava, it's uh, Parson, it's uh, about 10 kilos dogs. We even recognize I put something in, in the harnesses with the top of the dogs. So it's, it's, it's amazing. They love that. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I, I, I love it. And we, we need more companies like this who, who, who love the environment, you know, and are as good for the environment as they are for our dogs. And, you know, everybody's going to make a living. So that's, that's fine. But to make it and not harm the planet and actually do good for the environment is amazing so this is brilliant tony well done thank you thank you really it's, it's yes and, and uh it's 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 coming to my heart it, it's 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 mother nature it's 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 we have to take care of that yes and uh that's the my point of view we have also the the we say the customer says it's now it's opportunity to saving the uh, ocean, the one harness at the time. Yes. It's easy. Yeah. That... You have, uh, yes. Your customer can, can choose that now. They have a they have a they have an opportunity to choose what they want to buy. Yeah. Yeah. And and with that choice comes responsibility and then we can make yeah. the right choice. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's true. 
Now, mm. as if as if that wasn't enough, you're saving the <laughs> the environment, that, <laughs> our oceans. But as if yeah. that wasn't enough, you've also because the environment is obviously a hot topic at the moment. But the other hot topic at the moment is dog theft. That's and that's a sad one, and it's a growing issue. And you had an idea for combating that, didn't you, as well? Yes, and uh, that's also the amazing, and 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 I'm very excited for that. So uh, now we have the company, my pet identity, and uh, it's the first, first non-invasive security system for pets. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's it's quick and easy and will be free for pet owners. So you can scan only, you can use only your own smartphone, your own phone Hmm. and download an app and scanning the dog's eyes and that data going to cloud and secure them. And uh, now your dog is its security we can give the identity for your dog or cats and uh, very easy, no painless, no harm to dogs. The same as you take the pictures of your dogs every day. Yes. Okay, now he's running, now he's sitting, now he's swimming, now he's doing something funny. Test only, the same thing, you scan your dog's eyes and that's it. Wow. No, not yes. Nothing goes to to inside the dogs or cats. We not put anything. Yeah. Just just scanning, and that's what would be amazing. We using the data cloud, so it's 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 free for charge for customers to dog owners, and they can they own that data. That would be very good to understand. In that moment, they own they own dog's data and that would be very good because someday somehow it's it's that data is not yours but uh, but in our system it's 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 uh, uh, data owners is always the dog's owner yeah yeah that's incredible so i mean not only is it non-invasive so there's no danger long term but as you say the, I mean, I we had um, we've had our, our dogs microchipped, and I had Buddy tattooed. I mm. that wasn't a happy experience. That was down to the tattooist, to be honest. Um, but it is it is a problem to know what to do, and of course we're compelled now by law to have the microchips. I am a fan of microchips, but they only work if you if they're scanned. So to have something that's non-invasive that I can do myself, as you say, that's free. And that I'm in charge of. This is revolutionary, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, my point of view, this is the now we're starting something. What is the end of the microchip mm. world? Yeah. So after that, so you don't need you don't need the microchip at yeah. all. Mm. Yeah. And and that would be nice, as we know. First, dogs doesn't like that it's putting something in in the yes. in the in the skin. Yeah. So nobody likes that. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and second thing says, of course, we know that uh, 
microchip, we always can change that microchip. If you talk stolen, so those guys or those thieves yes. can change that microchip, their yeah. own microchip, then you ne never, never get your do dogs mm. back. Mm. But now you scan your do uh, your, your pet's eyes, yeah. never, never can change that. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. unique. And as you know, no nobody's changed nobody's eyes at all. Yeah. So it's 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 proof. And uh, if if example your dog's missing, that it's uh, like running like like a running, so it's want to go into different cities. So somebody else found your dog, mm. just scanning dog's eyes, <gasps> and that data goes to also to you and say, hey. Your dog is there. Somebody else, yeah. somebody else is uh, scanning your dog. So you find it, yeah. and you can pick up the dog. Oh my goodness, Tony! This is even better than I thought. I hadn't thought of that bit. That if I find a lost dog, the power is in my hand, in my mobile phone, which is in my hand most of the yes. time, to scan the dog's eyes, and bang, I can get the dog back to. The owner, or the owner can come and get the dog, or whatever, but without yeah. involving anybody else. Oh my goodness, this really is amazing! Yeah. Wow, wow! And as you say, from the dog's point of view, we we have our phones in our hands a lot of the time. The dog's yes. very familiar with the phone, so and we're taking pictures of the dog. So from the dog's point of view, that eye scan is is not a big trauma or pain or or anything to even no. notice, is it? No, no, no. It's wow. the same as you take the photo of your dogs every day. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you are now my hero. This is brilliant. <laughs> this is a... Thank you, Julie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is excellent. I mean, and another thing, when you put the microchip in, mm -hmm. it can it's supposed to be between the shoulders, but it can move, it can migrate within the body, can't it? Whereas the eyes yes. tend to stay yeah. where they are. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And mm -hmm. I mean, again, I love your attitude to this because, you know, again, as I say, I'm not knocking microchips. They have disadvantages. <laughs> but, you know, I don't I don't want to get into sort of the knocking. But you sometimes the microchip companies do keep their information to themselves and it's a bit secretive in that. But you aren't doing that at all, are you? This this information is accessible to the police and and you you. You're really in this for the good of the dogs, aren't you? Yes, that, that, that's the whole point. That for for that that who is the owner of the data? It's it's same as you and who owns your own personal data. And uh, of course, you want you own your own personal data. Yeah. In that point of view, that that my pet identity gives that data, your dog's data, your dog's data. What is what is really is is the. Uh, scanning data, it's uh, healthcare data, whatever we can collect in the data, it's a dog's owner data, not the police, not the association, not not us. So it's your own. Yeah. You can choose what you want to do. That you want to share that data, example, to your veterinary pets, or you want to share that your friends, your uh, whatever you do, it's your choice. You can yeah. choose. Yeah. 
So literally, because I'm going to do this when we when I put the phone down, to be honest. So I go yes. and, I go and d download the My Pet Identity app, and then scan my you know take a picture of my dog's eyes. Is it really that simple? Yes, it's very simple. Wow, wow. I, I, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because, you know, I, I, I became aware of this and I thought, wow, this is great. But my goodness, yes. hearing this, I, people had better be sitting down when they listen to this because, my goodness, they're going to be falling down with with surprise. At this. this is so good. It's brilliant. I love it. I'm definitely downloading that and I and, and um, scanning Missy. Wow. Excellent. I love this because dog theft is it's horrible. Really, it's horrible and it changes lives and for the worse and you know and I, I mean yeah. I've written a lot about this and talked to a lot of people and the other horrible thing that happens is when people have a dog stolen somehow we instead of saying aren't the people vile who've taken the dog sometimes we shame the person the owner for oh you left your dog in the car or you did this that and the other. Mm. You, you left your dog in the garden it's you know we don't live in an ideal world things happen and we should be able to our dogs certainly they should be able to be in their own garden without being stolen so it's a horrible horrible crime and yes. this is brilliant this is brilliant thank you so much yes. for this tony yes and, and, and one one thing is also to, good to mention that when when you are the uh coming up the dog owner you have you want to example the dog or buying the uh, uh the dogs uh, uh, yeah, then you just just only be sure you don't buy the stolen dog you can scanning the dog's eyes. Wow. Uh, and if yes. that says, okay, hey, this dog's it's stolen, don't buy it then. So so you have to choose now. Do you want to uh, buying the stolen dog? Somebody's somebody's loves dogs. Yeah. Uh, love dog. And uh now you have to choose that. No, I don't want to buy the stolen dog. Because yeah. As you know, when you go to wet, you go to whatever you go into, somebody else scanning that dog, which are stolen. Everybody see that that dog is stolen. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I I love empowerment. You know, I love giving people information and and putting the power in their hands and saying, right, you you know, knowledge is power. I love that. Yes. And I love, I really do love this more than I, even than I thought. I knew it was good. But talking to you, oh my goodness, this has so many more implications than I realised. The thing of when you buy a dog, you can actually check whether that dog is stolen. Wow. Yes. That is, you know, that is just a game changer. That changes the whole situation it puts the power in the it's in the hand of the person buying the dog yes. rather than the thief yeah. trying to sell that stolen dog on wow yeah yes and i love that people buying those shelter dogs it's very important yes and now you'll be very sure that you don't buy the stolen dog or yes. missing dog yes so it's 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 very it's 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 fantastic yeah absolutely absolutely and you You've come to this, obviously, because you have dogs. You love your dogs, just like we all love our dogs. You know, you want to do your yeah. best for them. So tell me about your dogs. We make the funny, my, my, my wife, Anne, uh, we say that we have a six, uh, six do uh, three dogs and three kids. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, uh, I have two persons, 
came to England and, uh, and then one Irish, so Irish Terrier. So I have a two England and one Irish <laughs> dog in my house <laughs> and, and three the kids. And uh, yeah. they're, they're partially they are Lumi and uh, Lumi has uh, to Finland and the Finnish and uh, meaning that uh, snow. And uh, then we have a Pava. Pava is it's, it's uh, Pava and Lumi. Which are ten years old, okay, eleven. So, so both and, and very lovely dogs. And then if I have that Irish terrier. His name is Rue, and uh, Rue is uh, five. He's it's now four or five. So, yeah, it's lovely, lovely lady. Oh, smashing! I bet your house is household is busy and fun. Wow. <laughs> yes, it's it is. Yes, yeah. it's some kind of little bit hectic, and uh, <laughs> and uh, now it's it's uh, now it's those uh, kids are it's uh, school and uh, and uh, youngest in, in daycare, and now it's a little bit quiet time. It's it's good to end uh, this conversation for you. Yeah. Oh, bless. <laughs> we've had <laughs> we've had I've done interviews before when the children have become involved. So, and in fact, one little girl, <laughs> bless her, she brought her she woke up from her afternoon nap. She brought um. A musical toy and we had live music on dogcast radio <laughs> and it's you know it's yes. all fun <laughs> yeah, yeah yes. absolutely yeah um this has been i've really enjoyed talking to you tony and i've learned so much and I, I, my head now is buzzing with where can i pitch ideas where can i pitch um you know article ideas about this this is amazing i, I want to tell people about this um is there anything else that you would like to say uh of course, thank you, Julie. It is it's 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 my pleasure to discussion to you those, those both things. It's got a sportwear. Uh, if people want to buy to our product, uh, so it's easy way to web shop. We have a go to does sportwear.com. And uh, if you want to need more details for biometrics, is uh, my pet identity. It's very easy to find. It's the same go to does biometric.com those two different websites and so and uh, they have a we have a, a lot of information there so yeah 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 so you can go there wow incredible incredible mm. and I, I mean i imagine people are like i i'm just we, we're going to put the phone down and now i'm going to go and get the, the app i would imagine <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people doing that yeah. when, when they've listened to this this is just amazing i mean you, you're changing the um the environment you're changing the, the face of the dog world i mean you you're just incredible this um i'm so glad that i've, I've interviewed you because after 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 this once that once the rest of the world gets hold of your name wow i won't get a look in because <laughs> you'll be too busy <laughs> wow totally amazing this is brilliant thank you ever so much and the, and the best of luck and um it's, thank you. It's, it's all brilliant well done well done oh hey thank you truly it's it's as i say i'm i'm very pleasures for that so you invitate me for that your your show it's it's lovely to talk to you and and probably be talking again soon yes that would be great that would be great wow i thoroughly enjoyed talking to tony and thank goodness for people like him who are helping us care for our environment and goodness knows we've experienced climate change for ourselves this year so huge thanks and respect to tony he's also making the future safe for dogs with regard to theft Wow, again! You can find out more via the links on the Dogcast Radio site and social media. 
That's all for this time. So until next time, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. By phone from the UK, you can contact us on 0121-288-0922. From the US, you can contact us on our American number, which is 315-849-2022. From any other country, you'll need your international exit code and then 441-281-288-0922. You can contact us on Skype with the ident Dogcast Radio. That's all one word, Dogcast Radio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. It's not Jenny, actually, this time, because one of our cats, Dizzy, is a little bit poorly with bladder stones, and so Jenny's had to take her away for the day to a specialist veterinary centre. So please send positive thoughts for Dizzy, and to put you in that positive mood, here's the joke. What did Darth Vader's dog say to Luke Skywalker's dog? Join the bark side.